1: Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas football mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas football today, a show online. My name's Greg Tupper. I don't want to talk like that. I'm the manager editor of Dave Campbell's Texas <laughs> Football. a it down. A magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live on texasfootball.com, on Facebook, on YouTube, or on Twitch, or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local, mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She's the Duchess of the Dorks. She's Ashley Pickle. Hello, Ashley Pickle. Howdy, team. Um let's do the intro okay and then i want to talk about what we're doing tonight okay today is thursday october 14th 2021 it's 42 days till thanksgiving happy birthday to who's birthday today if you have a birthday in the comments oh
0: oh 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 this seems, okay there's an obvious one
1: i birthday to usher
0: usher baby my
1: my wife would straight up leave me for usher i would yes that's that's like that's that is, but, yes. That's been true for a long time. It was true when we first met. It's true 15 years later. Uh, I think she will absolutely be a, a,
0: a good woman.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Episode 1261. On today's show, guys, big, 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 big show. Large show. Epic show. I don't get to say. We are going to tell you what to stream this weekend. Uh, sit on your couch and watch some football and Work on your butt groove. You bet, butt groove guy. We're going to tell you what games to stream uh, and what games to watch and when to watch them. The best games to watch this weekend. We got that. Then we'll be joined by the head coach of the Abernathy Antelopes. Coach Justin Wiley will join us. Unbeaten Abernathy against unbeaten Idaloo. We're going to make him give us his game plan a coming up here uh, in just a moment. That's not true. No, we're not going to do that. <laughs> then back half of the show, we've got the picks, my high school football predictions for week eight of the Texas high school football season, followed by some college football burning questions, including has North Texas figured out their offense and other questions that I can't remember right now <laughs> coming up here at the back half of the program. Do it first four through the door.
0: We sure do. It was Aaron Arbuckle, Coach Terry Crawford, Rob Hathaway yeah. and Tony Blaylock. Welcome in, fellas.
1: Terry Crawford's on a heater. On a first four heater.
0: He is. He really is. It's because you're. You said that you would keep saying it's his undefeated the, streak. Because the,
1: the Abbott Panthers are are, are undefeated. Six yep. and Did I say six and zero. I think they're six and zero. Six and zero. Shout out. Panthers. I
0: think he said seven and zero the other day.
1: That's I could be I can look this up.
0: There's this really cool website there called is. TexasFootball.com. They're
1: seven and zero. I apologize. Huh. Put some respect on the Panthers' name. They're seven and zero. Pickle. Let's talk about what we're doing tonight. Tonight, live on Facebook, on YouTube, and on Twitch. You can watch Vandegrift versus Cedar Ridge. Big-time Austin area showdown in Texas high school football, District 25-6A. I think maybe the District 25-6A title's on the line, especially if if Cedar Cedar Ridge wins. Um, As Cedar Ridge takes on Vandegrift, you can watch it live for free, courtesy of our friends at Texan Live and... Our friend Tommy Yarsh is going to be on the call. Mm-hmm. I would certainly recommend that you go and listen to Tommy call. Yes. We'll try to pipe in some audio through the through the broadcast as well. But we will be in studio watching the game and commenting on it. It will be myself. It will be Ishmael Johnson. It will be Ashley Pickle. Television's on Ashley Pickle. Yes. And we will be joined in studio by two very big-time guests. We'll be joined by the head coach of the – Of the West Mesquite Wranglers, Coach Frank Sandoval will join us, and we'll be joined by the head coach of the Southlake Carroll Dragons, Coach Riley Dodge. Will join us in studio. We can watch the game. You can watch the game live for free, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, courtesy of our friends at Texan Live, along with outstanding commentary from Riley Dodge, Frank Sandoval, Ishmael Johnson, Ashley Pickle, and myself. Tonight, seven o'clock is kickoff. That's we'll probably get going right at seven o'clock, right? Yeah, we'll go right at seven o'clock. So make sure you tune in, lock in, hang out with us. Uh, we'll be we'll be having a good time tonight. Uh, so make sure you tune in tonight for the DCTF watch along tonight. Vandy Griffin Cedar Ridge with big in studio guests. Basically, what we're saying is the Manning cast stole our idea.
0: Yes, because
1: this is the high school football Manning cast. Except yeah. we did it first. We literally
0: did. There is evidence. Yeah, go check the tapes. Yeah, we did
1: it first. Ridiculous pickle it's another football weekend and with that we don't want you to leave your couch we are in this for your safety okay mm-hmm. it's dangerous out there
0: yeah the weather is grody
1: it's it's just say grody yeah it's wet it's icky it's mm-hmm. it's all sorts of nasty and so we don't want you to leave your couch we want you to be comfortable on your couch because you know what you bought that couch You did. You paid for it. You own that couch. You do. Unless you're renting it. In which case, you're renting that couch. (laughs) Whatever the ownership status of your couch is, (laughs) let's work on that butt groove. Butt groove guide. It's time for the butt groove (laughs) guide. We're going to tell you what games to stream this weekend, to watch this weekend, so that you don't have to leave. You can just hang out on your couch and work on your butt groove. Maybe your significant other is going to come up and say, hey, why don't you get off the couch? And your response should be, because Ashley Pickle and Greg Tepper told me not to. Yeah. Blame us. Yes. Let's talk about Thursday. Thursday. Dateline. First of all, let's <laughs> be clear about what you should be doing tonight. Make sure for free, for free, courtesy of our friends at Texan Live. You can watch Cedar Ridge and Vandergrift live from uh, the Palace on Parmer uh, as, as the Cedar Ridge Raiders take on the Vannegar Vipers in the Critical District 25 a It's our watch-along. You can watch it live on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be tweeting that st- uh, uh, stream information and stuff whenever the stream goes live. It'll be at 7 o'clock tonight. That's the game you absolutely need to be locked in on. Okay. Elsewhere on Texan Live, we do have a, a 6 o'clock game, for Bendullis and Fort Bend Elkins. Uh, if you are interested in that kind of thing, you can watch that. Uh, also... Uh, on Texan Live 630, Cy si Springs and Cy si Falls. Mm-hmm. Uh, another important game there in that Cy si Fair ISD. But then things really get cooking. There's also Cy si Fair in Northbrook. I cannot in good conscience recommend that game. Um, shout out to Chase Snyder. He's going to be on the call there. <laughs> uh, but that that game's probably <laughs> going to be... might get a little uh, out of hand. Well, I'll just say this. Um, so Northbrook, I believe, has not won a district game in like... In fact, I think they have the state's longest losing streak. It's probably not coming to, to an end tonight against CyFair. Cypher. cyphers is not. But it all it could. <laughs> but CyFair is not as good as they, they normally are. No, they, they've struggled a little down. bit, especially defensively. So that's something to keep an eye on. But tonight, here's what I want you to watch. Obviously, Cedar Ridge and Cedar Ridge and, yeah, and, come party and us. should be. You should be hanging out with us. Come party with us. Also at seven o'clock. Well, as you guys, I should mention we also work on the assumption you have three screens, maximum of three screens: TV, computer, phone. Yes. On the TV, obviously you need to get us on the watch along. Then I want you to have Summer Creek and North Shore. Now Summer Creek's interesting. Summer Creek got off to a fantastic start. Um, uh, I believe a, a a a what was it? It's was a four and zero start. They're cooking with gas, cooking with grease, cooking with Crisco. Looking great. In the past couple of weeks, they played C.E. King and Atascasita and they've lost. Now they played Atascosa within a score. They really that lost. was a fun game. They played them very tight. They're taking on North Shore. North Shore is going to be tough, but you can see where they measure up, and you get an opportunity to see a top ten team in the state in North Shore. I would want you to watch that. If you want a third team, if you want a third game, um, do, 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 I would probably send you the Hayes and Westlake. I, I, Westlake's going to win that game, and it sounds like Kate is not going to play. Um. So you can maybe skip that one
0: if Candy, you want to get eyes on a new on what they might be working with with a new quarterback for yeah. the time being. And, yeah, you can, and you can if you're that. interested in
1: that. Uh, I would also say, I mean, Spring's probably going to beat Aldine Davis. That would be my pick there. Mm-hmm. Um, what's a Caney Creek game? Was Canyon Creek and uh, Canyon Creek's not been great? Uh, I don't know. Uh, surf around. Come party with us. Come party with us. Just spend all your efforts with that. That's my honest assessment of this. This is. I'm a bad salesman. Yeah.
0: Well, the other thing is too. You get your eyes on an Austin team.
1: Yes. So. Exactly right. Friday.
0: Dateline.
1: First of all, six o'clock. Here. How about this? <laughs> six o'clock. You got to go too wide. Yep. Okay. Because at six o'clock on Texan Live. You're going to be watching Katie Tompkins and Katie Morton Ranch. Mm-hmm. And Cold m- on the that, is a, that is an extremely important game in uh, in that District 196 a Now, I think both of these teams, if I, if I remember correctly, I think, well, for Morton Ranch, they are now at a point after their loss last week to, uh, to, seven, to lakes. seven Lakes, they got to steal one. Mm-hmm. This is an opportunity to steal one. But watch that game because Morton Ranch is not going to go quality. That's a decent Morton Ranch team yeah. that if Tompkins... Plays with their food, they can absolutely get beat. So mm-hmm. keep an eye on that one. Also, CBS Sports Network pickle. I know you're gonna be locked in on this one. Mm-hmm. It's not true. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be out of game. <laughs> the Marshall thundering herd thunder into Denton to take yeah. on your beloved North Texas mean green, fresh off of beating the spread against Missouri. God. Can they beat the 11 point <laughs> spread tonight or tomorrow night? Let's find out. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna point this out. I I, I know I've been on the record as saying this, and I'll just continue to, to say it, I hate college football games on Friday night.
0: I'll tell you what, the it. the staff at North Texas is very excited for a Friday night game.
1: <laughs> Are you being serious?
0: Yeah, they get their whole Saturday off.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> I guess that's true.
0: They're like, uh, oh, yeah, we already got to be at work anyway. <laughs> me,
1: as a, as a consumer of all things football and Texas. I do too. I can't stand it, and then I, I can't go it. to
0: the game. Yeah, I know.
1: <laughs> anyway. Then we matriculate a, lo- a little bit later on Texan Live. Um, I want you 7 o'clock. I think there's a few obvious ones. Mm-hmm. I want you to go 3Y. Okay? 7 o'clock. It's weird. Keep an eye on the North Texas game, I guess. Go. Oh. You got to be watching Brisbane Side Park. Yes. Brisbane Side Park is, in my opinion, the game of the week on Texan Live. Although mm-hmm. there's another one that I'm very interested in. So I want you to watch that one. That one is going to be 7 o'clock um, at Cypher FCU Stadium. That game will be excellent. Keep an eye on that one. We do not know the status of Connor Wigman. He did not play last week. This is a critical game and could be for Division Two seeding. Mm-hmm. So, important there. Then, I want you to watch Unbeaten Viter <laughs> and Little Cypress Mauriceville.
0: That's a real banger in Southeast Texas.
1: First of all, you want to talk about—we we we mentioned Eric Peavy and the job he's doing at Little Cypress and Mauriceville. I think they've been one of the most surprising teams in the state. Going up against, I think, one of the quietest unbeatens in the state in the Pirates of Vider.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Keep an eye on this game. I want you to be watching that game. And then, that game's that game kicks at 7.30. If you need a third, boy, you got your—I you, mean, you could do a big—there's a big rivalry game between Temple and Belton. Mm-hmm. Big rivalry game between Temple and Belton. You could also do Richmond, Foster, and Manville. That's obviously a big game. It's crazy we're not talking about that as much as we as much as we normally do, but that's a big game. Um and yeah, Texas City and Crosby. Yep. You've got your pick of the litter here. Texas Live's got some bangers. I'll also say that our friends at WFAA dot com, if you want to stream that game, they have got Cedar Hill and DeSoto. So that'll be on I believe on WFAA dot com and on their YouTube page. Mm-hmm. So if you want to stream that game as well. Um also 7.30, San Antonio Harlandale and Buta Johnson. Buta Johnson's undefeated, and I think Harlandale could give them a run. Um so keep an eye on that one. I, I, there
0: is a stream for Winthorst Munster.
1: There's a stream for Winthorst yeah, Munster. Let me
0: go back, I, okay. I'll look, it's in my mentions somewhere. Okay. My there's
1: a stream for Winthorst Munster. That's the game of the week, game of the week, game of the week in any classification, so I want you to stream that one as well. There is no excuse not to go three wide and be flipping around and doing a bunch of games on on Texan Live and on other streaming services. It's a huge Friday night this week and a really, really big slate. I would absolutely positively it is mandatory watching that you gotta watch Brisbane Side Park. I think that's mm-hmm. the one I gotta make sure you get to. If you want to do another one, it's else it's a little Cypress Mauriceville Inviter. If you want to do another one, probably Texas City and Crosby. Although I think um I think Foster and Manville can do it. And if you can find that stream for Cedar Hill DeSoto, or you can find that stream for Winthrop Winthor- Monday.
0: uh term. ccsportstalk.com.
1: ccports talk.com yeah mm-hmm. they're up there in the in, in Cook County mm-hmm. so yeah anyway there's there's that for Friday Saturday Dateline pickle let's wake up early <laughs> yeah at 11 stinking a.m you're going three wide yeah <laughs> in fact you could go four wide if you want 11 a.m Obviously, you need to watch Oklahoma State and Texas. Can Texas bounce back? Um, Oklahoma State is an undefeated and yet, I think, flawed team. Can Texas expose them? Can they bounce back after last week's really disappointing loss to Oklahoma? Texas A&M's at Mizzou. Is this a letdown game for A&M? It shouldn't be. Mizzou is bad. <laughs> Said as somebody Good who teams has,
0: cover the spread, and you know what Mizzou didn't do? Cover the exactly spread. That's exactly right.
1: Great teams cover. <laughs> they are certainly not great. Uh, but... Can, uh, Mizzou is not great. I say that as somebody who's spent a significant amount of money at, at the University of Missouri. Mm-hmm. Not great. And shouldn't have a problem with that. But if it gets hairy, that's on SEC network. 11 a.m. Pickle. Mm-hmm. Michael Silvers is waking up early. Yep. He's going to be and Cinco Ranch. Uh, two, uh, two playoff teams. Yeah. Two playoff teams there. And let me make sure, let me look at this real quick. There. Now, this won't be, there's no seeding impact because Seven Lakes is going D1 and Katie is almost certainly going D2. Mm -hmm.
0: And I believe Cinco Ranch is coming off a bye week too, so they got a big win over Maid Creek and then got the bye week and now they're facing.
1: No, I lied. I lied. I'm sorry. They're playing Cinco Ranch. Um, This is for Division 2 seeding. So, in a a world where Cinco Ranch upsets Katie, they would get the number one seed in Division 2. Or they'd be in, in the driver's seats, they get mm-hmm. it. Uh, so keep an eye on this one. Katie and Single Ranch, that's at 11 a.m. You also, I think, have a pretty decent game at noon. Mm-hmm. If you're into this kind of thing, okay, we actually talked with our coach yesterday. We did. Lake Belton is playing Katie Jordan. And you're probably thinking, who is that? <laughs> what? If you want to get an eye on some teams that are joining the UIL ranks next year, mm-hmm. Lake Belton and J- Katy Jordan are two new schools down there in the Houston, or one's in the the south uh, or s- southern Waco area, Super Syntex area, and one of them is in obviously in Katy Jordan in the K- Katy area. Um, if you want to get some eyes on that, that game's at noon. Interesting, interesting. There's also a game at one o'clock, Side Lakes and uh, Langham Creek.
0: Yeah, we've got an eleven, a noon, a one, a six, and a seven, all on text and live. So you can literally high school football all day on Saturday if you, you want really to. Can. You <laughs> really can.
1: So the middle slate's interesting. BYU's at Baylor at 2.30. That's a game that's on ESPN. You need to be watching that game. Um, you also have Texas Tech and Kansas at 3, and you have Troy and Texas State at 2. The, both those games are on the plus. Get your wallet out. Um, I don't know if I can get in good conscience. Troy and Texas State's a little bit interesting. Tech should mollywop Kansas. Should.
0: And if they don't. Should have
1: done a lot of things. 5 <laughs> 5 o'clock. Uh, UTSA, uh, hosts Rice. Uh, if you're, if you just want to watch two Texas teams go at it, UTSA is big favorite, meet me, but I do think that hooting will intensify. Keep an eye on those mighty owls. Six o'clock. I feel
0: bad for anyone just tuning in and hearing
1: that. Okay, so six o'clock. This is going to be interesting. We're going to get really exotic at six, six o'clock. Okay. okay. Six o'clock. I'm assuming you're going to wipe it clean. And you're going to be able to do different games. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you three games to watch. High one high school, one Keep FBS. One division two. Ooh, okay. On the big screen, I want you to be watching CE King and Atascaceda. Mm-hmm. Uh, CE King's undefeated. Atascaceda's got that one loss, but they're state ranked there are one loss to Denton Geyer. Um, I think this game is going to be fabulous. Really, really impressive. a really important game there. Uh, CE King and Atascaceda. Keep an eye on that one. Six o'clock. Then second screen, I want you to be watching TCU and Oklahoma. Uh, can TCU go to Norman and catch them on a letdown? Uh, can they run the ball? A lot of questions there with TCU going on the road to Oklahoma. That game's on ABC. And then, on your phone, I want you to dial up the LSC network, and I want you to watch UT Permian Basin in Angelo State.
2: Mm-hmm. Six
1: o'clock Saturday. The mullet. Out there in Ange- in San Angelo. A uh, big game for UT Permian Basin, kind of a prove it game in a lot of ways for them. Uh, really interested in that one. So I'm gonna go three wide. You also have eight o'clock. Uh, the UTEP miners are gonna become a bowl eligible when they beat Louisiana Tech at, e- at eight o'clock on ESPN. That's right. Here are the bowling picks ends. up <laughs> Picks up! That's right. There is your buck groove guide. We're Texas Football today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's, and of course see us at TexasFootball.com. Pickle. Dave Campbell's Texas Football has partnered with the North Texas Honda dealers to honor community helpers from across North Texas. Texas is fortunate to have so many great individuals that give back to their community in so many different ways. Thanks to the support of the North helpful, helpful North Texas Honda dealers, we have the opportunity to shine a light on a few very deserving individuals including Kim Noble. She's a photographer over there at Denton-Guyer High School. Thank you for being helpful in your community and thank you to the North Texas Honda dealers for partnering with Dave Campbell's Texas Football to, as part of the to, uh, helpful ha- North Texas Honda Dealers uh, Community Helpers program. We appreciate you, North Texas Honda Dealers, and we appreciate you, Kim Noble at denton Guyer. We're Texas football today. Remember tonight, we've got the uh, the watch-along coming up here at 7 o'clock, Vandergrift and Cedar Ridge. You can watch the game live uh, with myself, Pickle, Ishmael Johnson, Southlake Carroll Ho- coach Riley Dodge, as well as uh, Western Skeet coach Frank Sandoval. So you do not want to miss that. Pickle, let's go to the hotline. And let's bring in the head coach of the six and O Abernathy Antelopes. We are joined by Coach Justin Wiley. Coach, how are you?
2: Good. How are you doing today? I'm
1: doing excellent. How are things in beautiful Abernathy, Texas?
2: Oh, it's awesome, man. We got sunny skies and a little breeze.
1: Well, not much to complain about. Then um, no. let me let me ask you about. Uh, your team so far. This is a, a team that I think we had some some high hopes for. a Team that we thought had an opportunity to make some noise. Uh, so far, so good. Six and zero. Really uh, going out there and, and taking care of the business that you need to. Is this where you saw your team being entering week eight?
2: I thought that we would be. Yeah, we had an opportunity to be here. You know, if we could you know stay healthy and. And, uh, understand systems and schemes and all those type of things. And I, you know, I thought that we had the, the, uh, topic is that that could be at this point in the schedule.
1: Uh, you are, you're there in, in your, in your second year there as the head coach there at, at, Abernathy. Obviously, you took over last year. Last year was, um, certainly different. Um, what would you say maybe is the biggest difference from, from last year, uh, to this year?
2: You know, I think that uh, if you look across the state, I think anybody that was new, uh, you know, in the spring of I don't even forget, forget what year that is that we had went into the <laughs> pandemic, went into quarantine. My first day on the job here was the first day of quarantine, oh. uh, you know, and so it was just it was really difficult to get things started. You know, so this is a transition in leadership and you don't really get to start, you know, instead of starting, uh, you know, in March, you really get, you don't get to start till the, the first Monday in August and uh I think in across the state, I think anybody you looked at that uh, transitioned leadership at and, and that point uh they struggled uh maybe more than teams that were you know coaching staffs that had been in place and programs that had been in place for multiple years and uh, I think that was just you know a, a big part of what we were doing, and we also transitioned from coach daily uh, mm-hmm. You know, being in charge of this athletic program for 11 years and his son Bryson being our quarterback for four years, you know, so not only was there a new head coach, there was a new, you know, kid on the field running the, running the system and I had a few, few new coaches and it just, it took a while. And I think as the year went on, uh, we got better and better, but I think, you know, having everybody in place coming into year two, uh, certainly made things easier. Uh,
1: you took, you mentioned you took over for Daryl Daly, who was, who um, 33 years in coaching. He was there for 11 years at, at Abernathy. You were his defensive coordinator. Um, and, and you were there at a program that, let's be honest, it didn't need a whole lot of fixing. It's not like the, it's not like, you know, there were, there are all these things. This wasn't a rebuild. How do you go no, about, not a rebuild. oh yeah, but how do you go about putting your stamp on a program while still, you know, going through and making, you know, keep, keeping the train on the track, so to speak? Uh,
2: you know, I, and one of the things that I really, man, I really enjoyed working with Coach Daly. He was just, uh, probably of all the people that I've worked with, uh, it was the easiest, uh, for me to, to be an assistant for him uh we, you know we thought a lot alike and and uh I, i've been fortunate to uh be a head coach at a couple of other programs and so i would had some experience doing that and so i think that we played off of one another's strengths and uh you know so there's certainly one things but but anytime you change I, I think there's just you know there's a there's a there's a couple of things that, that i would do different and really it's and he probably would have too uh it's based on personnel the kids you know in a small school like like us uh you know you just you have to adapt your schemes year by year and and we had to transition from you know bryson was such a tough physical runner uh had, you know had a pretty good arm uh so we you know everything we did for four years was was based around you know what his strengths were and uh, you know so that's ne- you know and uh, those aren't necessarily our current quarterbacks strengths uh you know, I think he probably has uh, a little more accuracy, a little more, uh, a little better arm, uh, and so you know, we we transitioned to throw, and, and we don't have the uh, you know, we have we have pretty good receivers right now too, so we you know transition to more of a passing spread offense.
1: Talking with Justin Wiley, the head coach of the Abernathy Antelopes, here on Texas Football Today. getting involved in the conversation. #Hashtag TF Today. All right, coach, you are a uh, you're a defensive guy. Um, and so far, so good, uh, for your defense, giving up, you know, right around 14 points per game. Uh, you know, you guys beat Reagan County last week and give up 18 points, a lot of those in, 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 in window dressing time. Uh, I'm interested in how you would assess how your defense has played through the first seven weeks of the year.
2: Yeah, I thought we played, uh, pretty well. You know, most, most years, or every year that I've been here, we've been very senior heavy. Uh, you know, we run a 5 3 defense. We have five linebackers on the field, and usually those, five linebackers are are traditionally at least four of them are always seniors and uh so i kind of graduate a group of linebackers every year as we uh but i have another group that moves into well this year we're we're a lot younger you know i have a have a sophomore and a couple of juniors and uh, and then a couple of seniors to play linebacker. Uh, so I think the first few games, you know, it was really getting those guys adjusted to the uh, the style of play and making sure that they're ready for Friday night competition. You know, most of those guys came right off the JV from last year uh, and had to transition to varsity. You know, and the first rattle out of the box, you draw shallow water who's, you know, that's a school, you know, they're, they're twice as big as we are. And, and, uh, you know, so, uh, they 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 started off really well, but you know it's really been a learning process throughout the year. You know, reading your keys, you know, learning what your role is on the field, and uh, they've done a great job transitioning into that this year, and uh, and continue to get better.
1: Uh, on the offensive side, it's hard hard to. Talk uh, about your offense without talking about your, your signal caller, Jess Hole. This guy's been um, he's been outstanding. Uh, you know, big a big group of receivers out there as well. Uh, I can look at the the um, the the numbers and I can look at the tape and I can tell you that Jess Hole is is a pretty darn good quarterback. As the guy who gets to work with him every day in practice, what is it about him that sets him apart? <laughs>
2: Yeah, he's competitiveness. Uh, you know, he's, he's very, he's, he's one of the most competitive kids that I've been around. He's, he's a lot like Bryson Daly in that aspect. He's just, he's, you know, he's a kid that wants to win, you know, and, uh, and, and he's put in the work. You know, he's, he's one of those guys that when the season ended last year, I, I can't remember unless he had a, a, a track meet or a, or a baseball game that day, he never missed an, an extra workout in the weight room, uh, all spring, all summer. Uh, took some time on his own to work with some, with some private coaches and stuff. And along with, you know, working with our coaching staff on things that he can improve. Uh, you know, he's just, he's committed to, to to being the best that he can be for his team. And, and, uh, you know, I think it shows he's a lot more patient this year uh, with his, with his reads. And, uh, you know, it doesn't quite, the first read isn't there doesn't just take, you know, tuck the ball and take off running. You know, he's really, he's working through uh, the system. He understands it better. Um, and so, I just think, I think he's done a tremendous job so far.
1: Well, let's talk about what's going down 7.30 p.m. tomorrow night there in beautiful Hale County at Abernath, at Antelope Stadium as you guys will host Unbeaten Idaloo, one of only four matchups of unbeatons in the UIL ranks in the state of Texas this week. Uh, uh Idaloo's pretty good, coach. I don't know if you've noticed. Uh, I'm not gonna ask you to give away your game plan here on the air, but, but when you take a look at what you're up against tomorrow night, what are gonna be the keys for you guys?
2: You know, I think it's just any time we've played Idleo for the last four years, and any time that, that uh that this game comes around, you know, of course, you know our towns are only about twenty miles apart. Our all of everyone we play them in every sport, so you know our kids know every one of theirs, all their kids know ours. They're all connected on social media, so uh, you know between those guys, I'm sure they've got this thing pretty hyped up. But uh, anytime you play Idolu, because of the style of offense they run, you know they're a Two tight ends, straight eye. Uh, they're they're gonna run and pound the ball at you. Uh, so it's, it's, you got to win the line of scrimmage. You know, I think that's the number one thing that it comes down to is. Can you establish yourself in the line of scrimmage, and then can you limit your turnovers? Because you know they're gonna they're gonna run a lot of clock time off because of the style of offense that they run. So you you can't have turnovers and just let them eat up a lot of clock on you. So I think those are probably the two most important factors. You know, win the line of scrimmage and and uh and, uh, and control your turnovers.
1: He's Justin Wiley. He's the head coach of those Abernathy Antelopes. They've got a big game tomorrow night uh, hosting Idaloo Uh, and uh, excited to see what they do. Coach, really appreciate your time. Congratulations again on the fantastic start and uh, go. Get get him tomorrow night?
2: Uh, thank you. We appreciate the call.
1: There he goes. Justin Wiley, the head coach of the Abernathy Antelopes, joins us here on Texas Football today. And It's, it's interesting the way he, he kind of alluded to it, how they've kind of changed the offense a little bit. So mm-hmm. Bryson Daly was the four-year starter there, Coach Daryl Daly's son, uh, four-year starter there. And they ran the ball a lot. They ran the ball really, really effectively. Uh, it, part, you know, let's, let, let me just put it this way. Do you know where Bryson Daly is right now? Mm-mm. He's playing for Army. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, running. They, they run the ball pretty well. They, they ask their quarterbacks to run a fair amount, right? Um, they, he has now, you want to talk about adjusting your, I don't want to say adjusting your scheme to your personnel, but that's certainly what they've done. They've got a great quarterback in Jess Hull, Jess Hole, who has been really solid, taking care of the football, big arm back there, a big wide receiver core, and they're like, all right, let's throw the ball a little bit more. And yeah. so now they're probably, whereas last, whereas under, under Daryl Daly, they may have been a little bit more, let's call it, uh, let's, call it, let's call it 65% run, right? Yeah. They threw the ball a fair amount, but like they, let's call it 65% run. Now they're probably a little bit more 50-50, maybe even a little bit more, you know, 60-40 pass. So it's interesting, and it's going to be an interesting matchup tomorrow uh, against Idaho is a team that's gonna grind it on the ground. Mm-hmm. They got great defense. They wanna win old school. Jeff Lofton wants to play, play old school football. It'll be very, very intriguing, uh, to see that, that final score roll in, uh, Idaloo and Abernathy. Should be a fun one, uh, there, uh, at, at Antelope Stadium. We appreciate Justin Wiley's time today. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on texasfootball.com. Talking football on the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook. Facebook.com. Don't
0: don't make Zuck mad before we have to go on again today for the watch-along. That's the last thing we need.
1: Tune in for the watch-along tonight. <laughs> uh, on Facebook. uh, Yeah. Instagram. All that fun stuff. So you've heard me do this spiel before. Follow us on social. They know. You this, yeah, you know this we should just get a graphic of it so I don't have to read it every time. Pickle. It's week eight Texas High School football season. Kicks off in just a few hours. Big games everywhere you look. There's only one man. Oh, Lord. There's only one man who has the courage <coughs> to go out there and predict all these courage. games. That's not true at all. All those things are wrong. There are many people who do a lot of predictions. Here are my predictions <laughs> for week eight of the Texas High School football season on Texas Football Today. We're officially in the back half of the Texas High School football season, and things are only heating up these are the picks. Welcome into The Picks, your guide to Texas High School Football Weekend. My name is Greg Tepper of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. Thank you so much for tuning in and after a wild Week 7 that gave us a little bit of clarity as to how these district races are going to go and maybe which teams have taken the pole position in those districts, we are now moving into Week 8 where there are massive games everywhere including state-ranked clashes, de facto district championship games, and undefeated matchups on the line. In fact. That's where we start. We start in Cook County. 7 o'clock Friday night at Hornet Stadium in Munster. It's a state-ranked matchup of unbeatens in 2A as the Windthorst Trojans take on the Munster Hornets. What are the keys of this matchup? Key number one, something's got to give. Because both of these defenses have been absolutely outrageous, and at some point, I guess, theoretically, someone's got to score in this game. Munster is allowing fewer than 12 points per game, thanks in large part to their big defensive front led by Tommy Luttmer. On the other side, for Winthorst, of course, they won a state championship last year based on strength of their defense, and they're at it again, allowing just 7 points per game behind Hunter Herndon. Now, it's not to say these offenses are anything to turn your nose up at. In fact, both offenses I think have been really good. Winthorpe's new quarterback Logan Cope has been excellent. And I think the running game from Munster with Colton Deckard is really, really difficult to stop. But this is a matchup of two of the premier defenses in 2A Division 2. So on Friday night with two great defenses on the field, what gives? Key number two, Winthorpe's defensive line against Munster's offensive line. So let's zoom in a little bit on one of the key matchups here in this game. Winthorpe's defense from defensive coordinator Juan Cavazos starts up front, and they have been fantastic up front with guys like Eddie Lamas and Jalen Frittle. This defense has been great. They've got 57 tackles for loss and 15 sacks to start the season. They're now going up against a big Physical Munster offensive line led by Daniel Fernandez uh, that is averaging more than eight yards per carry and is keeping their quarterback clean. That's where the game, I think, is going to be really won or lost, is whether the Munster offensive line can hold up against this Windthors defensive front. This is a true strength-on-strength matchup. So when they get on the field, who wins out? And key number three, do you empty the bag? So a great coaching matchup in this one, right? Brady Carney for Munster, Chris Tackett for Winthorpe, both state champion head coaches. And there's a extra wrinkle here that I think is going to make this interesting. You see, last year, Winthorpe played Munster twice. They beat him twice. They beat him in district play, and then they beat them again in the regional final en route to their 2A Division II state championship. And I think there's a fair chance that they meet twice again. Right, I think all due respect to Albany and a few other teams, they're in Region 2, but I look at this and think, okay, Winthorce and Munster may in fact be the two teams to beat in Region 2. That sets up an interesting chess match, right? Do you show everything you have, knowing full well that you may see this team, again, obviously you want to win this game. Everyone wants to go out there and win a district championship. I'm not certainly suggesting they hold back. What I am saying is, are you going to throw everything you've got at them in what may be the first of two meetings. So, what m- manifests itself in the coaching matchup here? Who am I picking? I'm going with Munster. The Hornets get the nod here for a couple of reasons. Most notably, I think it's the offensive balance that they've got. Okay, Colton Deckard, their running back, is already over a thousand yards on the year. But I also think that quarterback Devin Bindle has really grown into the role, a star in the making there in Munster. They're going to need all those pieces firing against what is one of the very best defenses in the state at any level in Winthorce. They have been absolutely suffocating, and so in a low-scoring slugfest like this, I think Munster may be able to hit one or two extra plays. Look, this is the game of the week at any level in the state. I don't know that I've been more excited about a game yet this season. I think this game's going to be close. It's going to be really fun to watch, but I think the Hornets come away with a win. 7 o'clock Friday night at David Kirkendall Stadium in Frisco. It's a big-time 5A matchup between the unbeaten Frisco Raccoons and the Denison Yellow Jackets. If you like running games, you're going to love this game because you've got two of the best running games in all of 5A going at it. Denison running back to Jerry and Price has been as advertised, an absolute dynamo out of the backfield. The Notre Dame commit is a big reason why the Yellow Jackets are 5-1. and one. On the other side, for Frisco, they run the wing tee, and they run it really well. Uh, with Jordan Hamilton and Bradford Martin, they are grinding teams into dust. And so, it's going to come down to defenses, most specifically turnovers. And that's where I think Frisco is going to have an edge. This has been a playmaking defense. I think they're going to come up with a couple of stops to get them, their offense back onto the field, and they're going to grind it out. I think this game's a lot of fun, but I give the Raccoons an edge. Let's go to 3A, 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Cardinal Field in Columbus. It's a big time showdown between the Columbus Cardinals and the Yokum Bulldogs. Hey, no notes for the Columbus offense. They have been fantastic. You're never going to believe this, but they have a Shovel at quarterback. Yeah. Quarterback Adam Shovel has been great in the Jay Johnson. Their running back has been excellent. That's a big test for this Yokum defense, which has been mostly good, led by Trace Moore. Okay, but the other side is where I think yokum has got a pretty big advantage. Jaden Jones, the running back for Yokum, has been very good grinding it out on the ground. They've got good balance to the offense, going up against a Columbus defense that has been susceptible to the big play. And so Columbus is going to have to play their best defensive game yet to get this big district win. But for now, I think Bo Robinson's bulldogs are for real. Maybe flying under people's radar, but you need to be paying attention to them. I think Yocum gets the win. 6 o'clock Saturday at Turner Stadium in Humble. It's a big-time showdown in the Houston area as itasca takes on C.E. King. C.E. King is undefeated, and they have been absolutely explosive with DeCorean Hammond and Jarrell Wembley. I think this kid's awesome. Jarrell, go watch some highlights if you haven't of this kid. He is fantastic. there. But they're about to get their biggest test yet in their undefeated run because Atascosita is not only great, but they are battle-tested. Guys like Gavin Session, guys like Keith Wheeler, guys like Chase Soul. I mean, they have got playmakers all over the field, especially on the defensive side, too, with defensive end Micah Tate. The question here for King is kind of going to be the question against all of Atascasita's opponents for the rest of the year because they're big offensive line led by Cam Dewberry. Can King get pressure without sending extra blitzers? Because Gavin Session is good enough to step up into into pressure and fire if you are having to send guys from the secondary. This is a key component in this game. Can King get pressure without having to send extra guys? For now, I think Atascasita gets the win, but keep an eye on this one. Let's go to the Coastal Bend, 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Wildcats Stadium in Corpus Christi as the Cal Allen Wildcats welcome in the Miller Buccaneers. And this is a classic strength-on-strength and weakness-on-weakness matchup. Let's start with the strength-on-strength, right? Miller's offense, whoa. Jaden Brown, the new sophomore quarterback, has stepped into the shoes left by Andrew Boddy seamlessly. Lonnie Atkinson is doing that thing again where he's like one of the best receivers in the state. But they're going up against a Cal Allen defense that's been very strong, right? Colton Callaway leads a traditionally strong Wildcats defense. So let's go to the other side, where I think it's a bit of a weakness on weakness. The Cal Allen offense has only been okay, right? They're not that kind of explosive running game that we've seen in past years, although Epi Hinojosa, their running back, has been pretty darn strong. But they haven't put up those big numbers that we've come to expect from the Wildcats. But they're going up against a Miller defense that... Well, plain and simple, they got run over by La Vega, and they got torched by Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial, right? Now, those are two really good teams, but that is definitely the weaker side of the team for Miller. So who is able to shore up their weakness a little bit better in this game? That's where I think the edge is going to be had. In the end, I give Cal the edge because they're at home, and I think they're going to be able to get a couple of more stops. Give me the Wildcats. And 7 o'clock Friday night at C.H. Collins Stadium in Denton. It is a 6A showdown between the Allen Eagles and the Denton Guyer. Wildcats, it's the District 5-6A matchup we've been waiting for. Chad Morris's offense at Allen is looking pretty good, right? Jalen Jenkins, the running back, has been on another planet lately. Quarterback Mike Hawkins growing into the role. No notes for the Allen offense, but I have some pretty major concerns about their defense. And going up against a Geyer attack led by Jackson Arnold with a big-time wide receiver core led by Grayson Ibarra, I think that that may be a bit of a problem for this Allen defense. Furthermore, while Geyer's defense has faced big offenses like this, and they've beaten them, right? Go back to Itascasita. In a lot of ways, Allen profiles pretty well with Itascasita. Big offensive line, a lot of different playmakers on the offense, and yet, Geyer was able to get past that Eagles team. I think this plays out a lot in the same way. I think that this game is close into the fourth quarter, but in the end, Geyer gets a couple of defensive stops to pull away. I think the Wildcats come away with a win. But those are far from the only big games in Week 8 of the Texas high school football season. Let's get to the lightning round. I like Bushland over Amarillo River Road. Give me Colleyville Heritage to take down district rival Mansfield Summit. And Jim Ned keeps rolling with a win over Wall. I like Side Park to beat Bridgeland in a pointsy affair. Give me El Paso Andrus to beat El Paso Burgess. And oh hey, it's DeSoto and Cedar Hill. I like the Eagles in this one. It's a battle via Arroyo. I like Harlingen over San Benito. Give me Little Cypress Mauriceville to keep it rolling with a win over Viter and A&M Consolidated takes down previously unbeaten Montgomery. I like Midland Greenwood over Sweetwater. Sherilyn beats Pioneer in a crosstown showdown in the Valley. And Alito gets their 100th consecutive district win. They beat Timberview. I like Rawls over Roscoe. Give me Sonora to take down Brady. And Austin LBJ stays perfect with a win over Fredericksburg. Wichita Falls Rider beats Lubbock Cooper. Austin Vandegrift beats Round Rock Cedar Ridge in a game you can watch on TexanLive.com. And in a battle of unbeatens out west, I like Childress over Friona. Forsan beats Anson. Idaloo takes down Abernathy in a matchup of unbeatens. And I'm going with Lovelady over West Sabine. I Magnolia over Magnolia West in a crosstown rivalry. I'm going with New Braunfels to take down San Antonio Wagner. And San Antonio Johnson keeps rolling. They beat San Antonio Madison. San Diego over Lifer. Toller takes down Hamilton. And Amarillo bounces back with a win over Lubbock Coronado. Give me El Paso Eastwood over El Paso Eastlake. I'm going with Fall City over Louise. And Frisco Lone Star takes down Frisco Wakeland. Garrison over Shelbyville, Holiday beats Kalisburg, and I like Kilgore over Chapel Hill. I like Mason over unbeaten Harper, give me McCainy to take down Wink in what really may be a fun matchup, and I think West keeps rolling with a win over Whitney. West Orange Stark beats Orangefield, Wichita Falls, Hershey takes down Springtown in our six-man game of the week. It's cross-county rivalry. I like Richland Springs over Cherokee. And those are the picks. What am I wrong about? Which games did I leave out? In comments down below. Don't forget to subscribe button. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Follow Also on Instagram. Instagram.com slash DaveCampbells. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Thanks for watching. Enjoy week eight of the Texas high school football season. We'll see you. There it is, the picks, my high school football predictions for week eight of the Texas high school football season. I got at least one of those right. One thing I noticed mm. is that when I do the picks and I point, to the, um, I point down here, mm-hmm. Like everyone gets like a real good view of my part of my <laughs> hair. It's <laughs> just like, oh, yeah, right there. Anyway, uh, there it is, the picks, my high school football predictions. <laughs> you can find that on YouTube. Something funny, Pickle?
0: Yeah, that one's just
1: random. I just I just noticed it. I was like, man, it looks like something to
0: We it. never addressed the guy tweet of your graying hair.
1: Okay. My yes, my hair's wow, you just put on the spot there, Jeez. Would you like me to address it?
3: <laughs> no, go ahead.
1: I'm going around the sides. Man, <laughs> I'm, an, I'm, just, I'm an old, I'm an old man. I don't
3: just, just threw you there.
1: Just like that's my
0: that's literal you know, my you know, sole job For here. somebody
1: for somebody who is who has, is gonna have to spend three and a half hours on the air with us tonight, yeah. he certainly is getting very bold. Mm-hmm. We're joined by Ishmael Johnson, Hi. Uh, the uh, managing editor. Of, first of all, the managing mm-hmm. editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Basketball. Congratulations yes. on sending Thank it to, to press. Thank you. Yeah. If, if you haven't seen the cover, by the way, listen to Texas 24. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys talk through the cover. Uh, you you uh,
3: we're gonna we're we're releasing a bunch of previews coming up. And We'll hint the, we're hinting on the cover in one of those episodes. Um, yeah.
1: So the, the cover has been revealed. Yes. Uh, tell people about the cover.
3: Yeah. Andrew Jones from Texas. Uh, it was a really good experience to, to meet him in Austin a couple, I guess a couple more last month, I guess, yes. uh, technically. And uh, yeah, he was really stoked about it. It's a really cool opportunity. His story is obviously resonating with a lot of people, mm-hmm. obviously battling leukemia, uh, beating it. And uh, I think he t- uh, when I met up with him in September, he had just... Talked about how he was over 200 for the first time, uh, 200 pounds since he'd, uh, leukemia. Leuka- so, yeah. It's, it's a,
1: really- yeah, you talk about like a special story, like, yeah. like a, like a unique opportunity to put a special story on the cover. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was, oh, that was really cool. And a, I, I think it's a super striking image too. I don't know.
3: No, oh, it's a great
1: I, it I by, love it. I you love ran it by me and I was like, that thing, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm anyway, so uh, Dave Campbell's Texas basketball coming soon. We're here to talk about Dave Campbell's Texas football, though we don't own the football. We're just going to talk about some games in college football with some burning questions for Week 7 of the college football season. Where are we starting Pickle?
0: Up first, how about we start tomorrow night as Marshall travels down to Denton to take on North Texas 6 p.m. on Friday. Do you buy that the Mean Green offense has figured itself out?
3: Uh, I don't know why we would think that. (laughs) <laughs> I'm trying to figure out: Do I buy? I was like, I've never bought it, so no. <laughs> so it's, it's
0: one of the you can't return that, like, something that you they, never bought. Exactly. <laughs> because
3: the numbers
1: recently, offensively, have been like okay. Sure. But the thing for me is, I think a lot of these this number, a lot of this is, is window dressing numbers. Mm-hmm. A lot of these are garbage. It's time garbage numbers. time because it goes back to the same thing that we've talked about week in and week out with North Texas, which is they fall behind huge mm-hmm. so early and they have to chase, and so they're facing a lot of you know. You know, cover three offense, defenses that are just like, sure, you want to take a a seven yard game? Fine. Like, as long as we're killing time. I don't, I, I think the offense is better Mm -hmm. than it was maybe at times this year. But I also just don't think that it's like, I think it's, it's, it's one of those things that the numbers are a bit deceiving where, yeah, they put up forty some thirty something points against Missouri last week, but that's because right. Missouri was taking their foot off the gas because they were up
3: thirty one seven and a half. Right, it was like twenty one points in the fourth quarter, I yeah. think, for North Texas. And like I mean, they're they're good at running the ball, but I don't know. They're they're not great at it. I think they average just under five yards a carry, which I mean of course you have mm-hmm. Trey Siggers. of course, sure, why not? Um, but I don't know. I'm I think not it's, that I, I don't, yeah. <laughs> I'm not impressed with what they're. No. I mean, I don't know. Marshall does everything better than them yeah. in, in offense. I don't think either teams are either team's great, but what North Texas is kind of good at, they're already. I think pretty it's great at. I think
1: it's pretty telling. I don't know. This is you know I don't put a, you don't put a ton of stock into the into the betting lines. We'll get to another thing that I think. Oh, is did a I bit- say
3: Siggers? I meant Torrey.
1: Yeah, oh, down man, yeah, sorry. Um, but they were, but but I mean, Mar- this is an average Marshall team, right? right? I think it's fair to say they're average, and they are 11 point favorites on the road. That's that's telling, and I think the clock is ticking for Central. Unfortunately, yeah. what's next, pickle?
0: Up next, let's go with why is Texas about a touchdown favorite over an unbeaten OSU team? That that game happening 11 a.m. on Saturday.
1: Um I think I'll answer this, and that's because I think this is a real. I think this is an Oklahoma State team that, yes, they're undefeated. Mm -hmm. They got a good win over Baylor, and you play the teams that are put in front of you. But I also think this may be a team that's on borrowed time. Sure. Uh, And I think Vegas kind of sniffs that out. Um, They are a team that I think Spencer Sanders, as a passer, has... I don't know if he's regressed, but he certainly mm-hmm. hasn't grown. I don't think. Right. Um, they're really relying on running the ball. They do it pretty well, and obviously Texas was not great at stopping the run last week against Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, this is a really intriguing matchup. I think that you know I think Vegas obviously likes Bay- likes Texas, mm-hmm. and likes what they do, and thinks that they're a little bit more battle tested. They probably do have. I mean, I guess Oklahoma State has the win over Baylor. That's probably their most impressive win of the year. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. The thing about Oklahoma State though is that their defense is. Pretty good. It's really pretty darn good. good. It's gonna it's gonna it's gonna test Texas in, in a way that they probably haven't been tested since Arkansas. You know, as far as probably. defensive intensity is concerned. Problem. Um, but I, I I also think that this is this is more about what Oklahoma State and some doubts that people have against o- about Oklahoma State than it is about Texas.
3: Yeah, I think that Oklahoma State's defensive line in our front seven is really good. I think that that's where they're going to win this game. It's a strength on strength matchup. I think that. Where the difference comes for me is, I think this offense for Oklahoma State is very combustible. Mm-hmm. Um, Texas against Texas, you, you can be, you can control the line of scrimmage. I believe you can attack that secondary. I think they can also capitalize on mistakes, as we saw in the first half against Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma State is very vulnerable to that. Spencer mm-hmm. Sanders is somebody who can, who we know, is capable of two to three interceptions in a game. They turn the um, ball over a lot. They turn the ball over a lot. They shouldn't have won that. Ba- uh, they shouldn't have won that Baylor no. game. Uh, I think his, he, Spencer Sanders had three, three mm-hmm. interceptions in that game. If they do that against Texas, a better offense, I think they can win. And I think that's where this uh, line comes in. I wouldn't be shocked if this is the week that uh, they finally stumble. Yeah, I think so. What's next, Pickle?
0: Up next, let's go with number 21, Texas A&M, taking on Missouri 11 a.m. on Saturday. Is Zach Calzada's big game last week against Alabama a flash in the pan, or is it the new
3: normal? I think the game plan should be the new normal. Yeah, because that was a game plan where, uh, I don't know if you read Travis Brown's article from College uh, Brian College Station Eagle, um, where he talked about the uh, the play calling for Jimbo Fisher up until last week hadn't been different from... When Kellen Mond was there, they passed about fifty nine percent with Kellen Mond. They were passing about fifty eight percent with Ke- Zach Calzada. That's not how you win those games. Last week, they basically had a fifty fifty split. And even if you took seven of the passes that he threw, they went to Davante Chan and uh, Isaiah Spiller. So basically, they had the running backs going for over fifty percent of the of the play calling. Those those running those those short passes yes. that coaches spread coaches will tell you they kind of take the place of running. Hundred percent. And so. That's the play. That that's it right there. And then he can hit Anaya Smith. He can hit J- uh, uh, Jalen Weidemeyer across the middle, and it can show off a little bit more of that arm. And you know he had, he took a big hit, of course, that almost knocked him out of the game to, on that touchdown to Anaya Smith. But it's that arm and that kind of courage that he has. That's his strength. That's the game plan. Like it's not that he it was thrown to forty times and all over the field. They balanced it for him. And I think that's that's what that's the game plan that they have to do. So, so here's
1: here's the issue with. With declaring whether or not Zach Calzada is this the new normal or flash in the pan, is we're not going to find out much about this this week. Not this Missouri's week. Missouri's defense is butt. Yes, it's <laughs> real bad. As somebody who's watched a lot of Missouri football, let yeah. me tell you, it's very bad. Um And so if he could put up some gaudy numbers against them, and it may not mean a whole lot. This is probably the worst defense that they've faced since when they played New Mexico. Right. And he looked Oh, I, I, and I remember coming out of the New Mexico again and be like, Oh, well, look, he put some nice numbers, but then you kind of dig in and you're like, Oh, this mm-hmm. maybe isn't isn't what we thought it was. This could be a situation like that. Uh, we just won't know until he faces teams that are in his weight class. Right now, even on the road, Mizzou is not in A&M's weight class. And so I just don't, I don't foresee this necessarily being particularly telling about, about Zach Calzada. Uh, but listen, he now gets a statue built for him in, in right. the college station. Good for him. What's next, Tickle?
0: Up next, we've got the Troy Trojans taking on Texas State 2 p.m. on Saturday. Troy favored by 7.5 on the road. Make a play on the over-under, 48.
1: Under. Under. Way under. Uh, way under. Okay. <laughs> way under. Because here's here's the thing about this game, and I was so interested to talk about this, because yeah. I think that in a lot of respects, Texas. this is going to sound extremely insulting, mm-hmm. Texas State is like a poor man's Troy. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, because... They are Texas State's defense. I think is okay. Mm-hmm. I think it's at least a strength of the team. The defense is is, is, is it's better than it's better than the
3: offense. Not their down defense. Definitely right. they can't right. get on the field.
1: But uh, um, their offense is it's better than their offense. And same way with Troy. Yeah, Troy has forgotten how to move the ball. Yeah, but their defense is keeping them in
3: games, and their defense is is pretty good. Their defense is yeah. Their defense definitely there this is take the big under this yeah. is not going to be a good offensive game but the difference is Troy's pass rush is going to get there mm-hmm. Troy I believe is number one in sack rate number one in sack percentage um I think they average about five a game and so Brady McBride's already somebody who probably holds on to the ball a little too much probably uh, the pass protection is not great for him and so I think there's a little bit of uh, hearing footsteps and so he might roll himself into sacks it's a bad recipe I think this is a week where it's just an ugly, ugly game. I wouldn't be shocked if this is a 21-10, to 17-7 mm-hmm. uh, type mm-hmm. game, and it's... Yeah, no, take the way under.
1: Yeah, I saw, I saw the over-under 48, and basically what what they're... What the, the assumed line, I guess, would be... So, or the, what they're thinking like, what, 28-24 around yeah. then? Something yeah. like that, like 28-20? Right. It's like... No, I don't I
3: don't I don't see either of them really It's like there. they looked at like Jake Spavadon, they looked at Troy and it's like, Oh, offense. Yeah. And it was like, 48 no, it's like forty eighth is not forty two I which is because 'cause forty eight's not that high. Forty no, not a big not. number.
1: All right, what's next pickle?
0: Up next, let's dial back to last week for a second. Baylor took down West Virginia 45-20. to 20. So with what happened last week to Baylor's offense, is that sustainable against number 19 at BYU at 2.30 p.m. on Saturday?
1: Yeah, a big 12 opener for BYU. Um, <laughs> and they, they come to, to wake yeah. up. Uh, and, and, yeah, I'm going to sound like a broken record when I talk about Baylor. When the offensive line plays well and they operate the scheme that Jeff Grimes wants to operate, mm-hmm. the offense is pretty good. Yeah. When they don't and they get they get bullied up front, they look bad. That's mm-hmm. what happened against Oklahoma State. Uh, they got bullied up front mm-hmm. and they couldn't they couldn't open up creases for that kind of wide zone offense. Um, they instead were now you know last week against West Virginia they won up front and yeah. they protected Gary Bohannon who I thought had his best game as a Baylor pair and it all worked. Is that sustainable? I mean, we'll find out against BYU. BYU is, I think, overcooked at 19. I don't think they're the 19th best team in the country. Yeah, me neither. Um... Honestly, this would be one of those things that if you flip the rankings, I'd kind of believe it. I'd be mm. like, ah, oh, if you want to say Baylor, I don't know if they're a top 20 team, but sure. if you want to say they're a top 30 team, I'd believe it. Mm. Uh, I think Baylor can win this game if they win up front, plain and simple. That's 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 the name of the game here. Right.
3: I think that, I don't know, I'm, I'm a believer in the Baylor offense because I think they've only stumbled that one game. Mm-hmm. It was against a very good Oklahoma State defense. Other than that, they have put put up the numbers. Their offensive line has been well, after week system. one, because Texas State sure. challenged sure too. Fair enough, sure. After that week one blunder... And again, week ones are always weird. And so I think I'm buying into this. Uh I agree with you. I don't think BYU is great. I think that they did lose a lot, so I think it is impressive what they're doing this mm-hmm. year so far. But their best wins are Utah, which of course Charlie Brewer was still starting quarterback and that offense was not good at the time. Speaking of Baylor. And yeah, and speaking of Baylor. And then uh and then Arizona State, which I don't know how good Arizona State is. They're either. weird. So they're ranked but I don't know how much that really weighs. And so those are the two best wins, an offense that got better immediately after playing BYU and then Arizona State. So I don't know.
1: Yeah. It's a real kind of litmus test for Baylor. It, It, if they're if they are what we think they could be, sure. they should win this game yeah. and probably buy about a touchdown, like Vegas thinks. Mm-hmm. If they're not, they could absolutely lose this game because you know BYU's defense can challenge you in, in a couple of ways. It'll be it'll be very interesting in, in this one. I'm, I'm excited about this one on uh, on ESPN. This is where okay. Mike Craven's gonna be. There you go. What's next, pickle?
0: Up next, let's head over to Texas Tech taking on an awful Kansas team um, in Lawrence, 3 p.m. on a Saturday. It's no surprise here. Matt Wells is on the hot seat. Yeah. Is there anything he can do on Saturday to
3: change that? Uh, I mean, it could make it worse, I guess. He, he, yeah. Like, <laughs> this is a
1: one-direction
3: You could type. go up yeah, in flames. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, it's like you're either on the hot seat or you're boiling. Like yes. <laughs> It doesn't get cooler you're if you beat Kansas. <laughs> no. Congratulations. Like, I don't know. Like, if you struggle, then it's like, oh, hello. If they go out there, because I was, I was thinking about this. Yeah. Obviously, look,
1: if he loses to Kansas, they may just leave him in Lawrence. Sure, you know what I mean? Sure. If, they lose some, if they lose a ding-dong game to Kansas... Um, then they may just leave him in Lawrence. Yes. Um, I'll make was, that call. He's gone. Thinking, if they lose to Kansas, he's gone. Yes. yes. Like, I mean, like, <laughs> like uh, yeah. walking signs, off the he field. Signs, uh, he signs his own death warrant. There. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking, like, what if Tech beats him like sixty-six to seven? Like I talk, I think like a vintage Mike Leach just butt kicking nope. that he used to put on some of the worst teams in the Big Twelve. Mm. What if they do that? What if they? What if it all comes together? I don't think it necessarily changes things, mm-hmm. but at least. When's
3: their bye week? Uh, or do they already know, have yeah. it? Because, like, It might
0: secure him through the rest yeah, of the season, I would say. Maybe,
3: maybe. I mean, like, like, I don't know. We're, we're, we're dealing with extremes they, here. If they beat, if they, if they score 70 on Kansas, like, it's, I don't know. They're still two weeks removed from getting 70 by Texas. Yeah. yeah. And 52 from TCU. Yeah. And it's like, if they, they have what, basically they have, to me, they have one more prove it game against Baylor. Yeah. And if they get smoked by Baylor,
1: mm-hmm.
3: that's th- they're te- Texas, Baylor, TCU. You lose, you get smoked by all get, three of those you're teams. State teams, yeah, you're done. You're theoretically recruiting again. Yeah, exactly. So I don't. I, I, that doesn't matter if they blow out Kansas. They can. It can be eighty nothing. I just. I okay. think it doesn't matter. I think you're right, but we, well, I think we all agree that if they lose, if they lose to Kansas, no, it's, it's done. He it's can right. he
1: can just look for rentals. Yeah. <laughs> right. What's next, pickle?
0: Up next a conference USA matchup between your Rice Owls and UTSA Boy. spread at eighteen in a half there on Saturday. Is there suddenly reason for concern against UTSA's defense? For UTSA's defense rather?
3: Uh no, not this week.
1: Yeah, not this week. I think that's fair to say. <laughs> yeah. Um this is a UTSA defense or UTSA defense, I think last week against uh uh Western Kentucky. Mm-hmm. I think that's where a lot of this stems from is cuz they got they got they got torched by by Western Kentucky. Right. But here's the thing about Western Kentucky. They're doing that to everybody. Yeah. They are absolutely smoking everybody uh and, and they're with uh UTSA defense or rather with uh that Bailey Zappi and and the whole Houston Baptist offense yes. that they brought over. Yes. Um and you know, look, the week before against a bad UNLV team, mm-hmm. they did you know then look awesome. Right. I don't think it'll be a problem this week against Rice. We're thinking big picture here. Yeah.
3: Maybe
1: if they have to run into like a UAB, but I also don't know how many high-powered offenses are on Conference USA.
3: Yeah. No. Not not this year specifically. I think when you look at Rice, they're it's going to be it's, it's a nice change. It's going to be a nice change of pace for UTSA. Right. Mm-hmm. They go against a. Uh, Western Kentucky team where they very much were okay with bend don't break mm-hmm. right keep everything in front of you and make sure you just get one or two mistakes which is exactly what happened they got a pick uh, late to win it mm-hmm. they forced a field goal on the opening drive and that was basically the game for for UTSA um now they go against a Rice team that's struggling offensively. They're still really trying to figure out what's happening there. Uh, obviously, they Rice con- would love to control the game defensively mm-hmm. and play within the hashes. I think UTSA is more than happy to do that, especially a week after playing against four, or five wide every single play. So, I, if there is concern, I don't think we'll have to worry about it now. Yeah, you know, we'll see. Yeah, exactly. This, they, they get the, the defense at least gets a stay of execution. Sure. You know, down the road maybe
1: they run into like a you know a, a red hot UTEP team that sure. can challenge them. Go Miners. Um, anyway, <laughs> that's, that's, that's there here hero there. Yeah, right. I, I'm, I'm not pushing the panic button on UTSA's defense yet. I oh, am. Yeah. Uh, if they are going to stumble, it's probably going to be at the expense of the defense, mm-hmm. but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. What's next, Pickle?
0: Up next, let's head to our small school game of the week. UT Permian Basin at Angelo State, 6 p.m. on a Saturday. Um are you buying UT Permian Basin as a legit Lone Star Conference contender? I
1: think so. I think that they've already got a win over West, West Texas A&M. That was really big for them. The Lone Star Conference now probably goes through Midwestern State since mm-hmm. they have wins over both, I believe it's West Texas and Commerce, mm-hmm. which were the, the, the two frontrunners. Um, so, but I think UT Permian Basin under coach Justin Kerrigan is, is certainly a team to be reckoned, reckoned with. You know, it's interesting. This is a team that Justin Kerrigan is an offensive guy and their offense has been good. Clayton Roberts, the quarterback there from Houston St. Pius is doing, doing well there. But it's been the defense that I think has really stood out to them, to me, and has put the Falcons on the map. Going on the road to Angelo is not fun. Uh, uh, Angelo difficult, <laughs> is difficult to beat at home at, at, at Angelo Stadium. So it'll be certainly a test for them. But if they get past this, then suddenly maybe they become that chief challenger in the Lone Star Conference, which suddenly feels much more wide open. Big is, game, Lone Star Conference Network, it'll be a lot of fun. Is more.
0: he still rocking? Is Kerrigan still rocking the mullet?
1: Is he still rocking the mullet? <laughs>
0: Just just double-checking. The There's Pope's, the real let's question. Check, let's check if
1: the Pope's still Catholic. Catholic.
0: <laughs> What's next, Pickle? Up next, we head over to the Big 12. TCU at number four, Oklahoma. 13.5-point favorite there in Norman. 6.30 p.m. on Saturday. Over-under again, 175.5 rushing yards for TCU. They turned it on last week.
1: Yeah. I th- oh, man.
0: Tougher test this, this week. Is, uh, so
1: I made this line. Yeah, I made, I put you made my, this line. I, I put this line out here, and yeah. I'll tell you what I, what it came down to. Uh, TCU, when they've been good, and that you know when they've committed to the run, they've averaged about 250 yards per game on the ground. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma gives up about an average of 100 yards on the ground. Right. So I split the difference. Mm. 175 and a half. What happens when strength meets strength? Yeah. Um, Part of me thinks, hopefully, that TCU has figured out that the best way to win ball games is to uh, just feed Zach Evans and Kendra Miller. Yeah. Just keep doing that. Yeah. Will they do it? And especially if they fall behind,
3: mm-hmm. because
1: everyone was going gaga over them running for so much over tech, but they were also playing from ahead. Yes. And so if they get stopped for a two-yard gain, okay, no big deal. The clock still runs. Right. If Oklahoma jumps out on them, and you know, I don't know, we'll, we'll have to hear from Lincoln Riley uh, in, in his media availability, hopefully, yeah, hopefully which I presume still... is still happening. Right. Um, <laughs> you know what what their quarterback situation is going to be like. But if they fall behind, does he stay? Does Gary Patterson and and uh, the, the offensive staff do they stay committed to that style of, of running game? Because I do think that's their best path forward. Sure, but I also know that some coaches can get a little bit of uh, jumpy whenever they fall behind.
3: Yeah, um, I do wonder if Gary Patterson wants wants this to be the Zach Evans, Kendra Miller offense, or if he wants a balance, right? Because that's where they've kind of fallen behind is when they've tried to make a balance of it as opposed to leaning on the run game, which I think is their strength. It happened against Texas. They ran the ball very effectively, but they insisted that Max Duggan needed 30 whatever attempts he ended up having. Um... And if, but if, I don't know. I don't think Max Duggan's a bad quarterback, but he's very much not somebody that, in my opinion, you should base an offense around. Yeah, he's and not so,
0: Zach Evans. <laughs> like, exactly, you know,
3: yeah, exactly. <laughs> Texas. Texas has. Bijan John Robinson. Yeah. And I think we
1: all agree that Texas's offense should be based around Bijan John Robinson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know why it would be different at
3: TCU with, with Zach Evans. If you look at the numbers, Zach Evans averaged, averages more yards than Bijan Robinson. Yeah. Since last year, since they both got more carries at the tail end of last year, he's averaged roughly a yard more than Bijan John Robinson. And it's like he's they're just like, no, no, not now. Yeah. Not now. You know, I don't know. Just I with my it ways. Is. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what it is. And And you mentioned Kendra Miller, who's also averaging over five yards. I believe a carry I don't know why you just don't base the offense around these two guys if in an ideal world, yes, this would be hit the over, yep. but I don't know if they uh, hit that just because I don't know if I they worry, stick with the run long enough. Exactly
1: right. I worry they're going to abandon the run if they get down like twenty-eight ten, and they're right. like, okay, we got to ask Max Duggan to throw the third ball forty times, which is not where they want
3: to. By the way, shout out OU Daily uh, who figured out that Caleb Williams is the starting quarterback for Oklahoma <laughs> thanks to their very savvy reporting from a public building spying into Oklahoma.
1: Pride. That's what journalism is, folks. <laughs> Lincoln Riley. God bless binoculars. <laughs> and finally, pickle.
0: Finally, the game of the week easily there. Louisiana Tech, six and a half point favorites over those five and one Utep minors eight PM on a Saturday. And the question for you guys is Jacob Cowling the most underrated receiver in the nation? So
1: I don't know every receiver in the nation, but I'm gonna say yes. <laughs> I'm gonna say yes. That's what you know. What he I don't took have to listen all to all I'm listening chips to my heart. And <laughs> I'm listening <laughs> to my gut. Okay, that's what my heart and my gut say. Jacob Cowing's awesome. Yeah. Okay. He's, he's been such an important part of what they do. He is, I believe, tenth in the nation in receiving yards per game. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been a stud for them. Like, yeah. where would they be without Jacob Cowing? Um, I think he's super underrated, and people should be talking more about him.
3: I will. I will take your Jacob Cowing and raise you as Justin Garrett. Is he, oh, yeah. is he the other, is, is, is he the most underrated, uh, receiver on his team? Yeah. Justin Green Garrett's out. right across from him and also big, capable of big plays. Uh, I was looking at the numbers for UTEP's offense and of course we, we like, we know what they want to do, right? They want to run the ball a little bit. They know that, uh, uh, Gavin Hardison can go vertical mm-hmm. and their big playability is insane. It is. Other than Air Force and Army, which again, when they when those two teams dial it up, it's something deep. <laughs> it's a trick play, right? Exactly. A yeah. right. <laughs> trick yeah, exactly. play that goes for like 25 yards. Other than those two teams, UTEP is the most explosive in terms of yards per per completion. Like, yeah. they and and they're not a team that it's not a trick play. You know they're going to throw it mm-hmm. when they do, and they just hit big plays because they have a big armed quarterback in Gavin Hardison, and they have two big play receivers in Jacob Cowing and Justin Garrett. And anytime they get the ball, it's going to be for something insane: 30 yards, 60. Yards, whatever. They're insane. It's a fun offense, and I think they have the most underrated receiving duo in the country. Yeah. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot, though. All right. UTEP has six games to win one, yeah. okay, yeah. Yeah. to get bowl eligible. Yeah. To happen this week? I think it happens this week. I think it happens this week. I think it happens this week because go. there's a, and I think it's a two-game skid coming up. Unfortunately, it's FAU, UTSA, so. very rough. Yep. Um, and then they, I think, you know, UNT, Rice to to end it. So you know, there's some winnable games yep. in there as well. But I think. Sun Bowl. Hype is on. At night. At I wish night. we could go. Let's go. <laughs> we,
1: I think it happens. Can we let's get a flight? <laughs> let's go. Go Miners. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're, we're a Miners podcast now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and those are your college football burning questions. Let's go over to Ashley Pickle for America's Second Favorite Segment. Final thoughts?
0: Um, I think let's do this one more time. We'll throw yeah. up this graphic and remind everyone what we're doing tonight. Do you oh, see that's Phil to Watch along. Oh, my
1: gosh. Are you <laughs> going to be on the watch along tonight? Oh, my gosh. I am. Wow. It's the Dave Campbell's text Football Watch along with Ishmael Johnson, Television Zone Ashley Pinnacle, no, no, myself, no. Television Zone Ishmael
0: Johnson. Along
1: with I am the only one not streaming, on here right
0: streaming's now. own, Facebook's <laughs> own, Ishmael own Ishmael Johnson, Podcast Zone
1: Ishmael Johnson. West Mesquite coach Frank Sandoval will be in the barn as well as Southlake Carroll head coach Riley Dodge. Get some insights from them as we watch Austin Vandergrift and Round Rock Cedar Ridge. You can watch it live with us. It'll be fun. We'll actually show in the game, so like mm-hmm. you can actually watch the game. It'll be a Have fun make sure you hang out with us tonight 7 o'clock Facebook YouTube and Twitch we'll be sending out a bunch of links and stuff so yeah uh, make sure you hang out with us Uh, grab a little bevy on the couch and uh, hang out with us it's gonna do for us thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us Follow us on Twitter at thectf. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com/slash dave campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com/slash dave campbells. And of course, textfootball.com. Thanks Ish. Thank you. For uh, thanks again to Abernathy Coach Justin Wiley for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, playing your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tonight for the watch along, and then we'll see you tomorrow on Text Football Today.